0: The
1: My name is Jane. My name is Kurt. And this is Made You Look, a podcast where we make each other watch episodes of our favourite TV shows and then try and work out why we love the things that we love.
0: Yes, and uh, this is our last episode of the year?
1: It is. This is our last episode of 2019.
0: Our uh, second bonus episode after our last season of Regular?
1: Yeah, just regular, just a regular season. Season Um, seven, I think it was. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so um, uh, last week, uh, as we mentioned, we were trying to look at holiday-themed episodes that weren't actually to do with Christmas um, in uh, television. And so we did The Nanny last week.
1: Mm -hmm, That's right. And that was just an attempt to be a little bit more inclusive, a little bit different, um, you know, step away from our... Uh, culturally Christian roots um, Mm -hmm. and understand things from another perspective.
0: And always nice to see exposure of different religions, holidays and faiths being expressed in TV shows of all types. Last week was a sitcom from the 90s. This week is something... I was not expecting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so in looking for episodes that, you know, had other religions or other faiths or other cultures in it, um, I came across the fact that Rugrats has two different, has well a number of different um, yeah. uh, kind of cultural uh, celebration episodes. So therefore this week I made you watch Rugrats.
0: I was not expecting this. I mean, granted, like, we were kind of talking and, like, live live messaging each other at the time, being excited about the kind of things we might be able to look at. And then I was not expecting a cartoon suggestion to come out of your mouth. I
1: mean... Um, it, this isn't a cartoon suggestion in the way that you give cartoon That's suggestions. That's true. In that this, these are genuinely like, great shows that you love to watch now. This is a purely nostalgia based. And I picked up after I knew that you were definitely doing The Nanny. I was like, I will definitely do Rugrats then. Because I was going back and forth on Twitter or not we should do this. Or we should do the Christmica episode of the OC, which is like a classic for people of our generation. Here's another faith um, type thing. Um, Because as we all know, Seth Cohen decided that because his mum was Catholic and his dad was Jewish, they would do Christmica. But then I was like, if you're doing the nanny, fuck it. I'm going to do Rugrats. Yeah. So basically I picked for you two episodes of Rugrats. Yes. Uh, One of them was, I'm not wearing my glasses.
0: Season four, episode. Season
1: four, episode one, uh, Rugrats Hanukkah. And season seven, episode, episode thirteen, a uh, Rugrats Kwanzaa. Yeah, tell me a little bit about what you first thought when you watched these, or should I go into talking a little bit more about um, those holidays? What would? How do you want to start?
0: Well, uh, for anyone who doesn't know what the Rugrats is, oh, I've... come on, there's some people who maybe don't know what the Rugrats is. I
1: mean, I don't know if there is, but uh, <laughs> the Rugrats is basically a cartoon, a an animated show that first began running in 1991.
0: Wow, it's older than The Nanny. It's older than
1: The Nanny. Um, It's definitely, the first three seasons kind of were 1991 to 1994. Then they took a bit of a break in about 1998. They released a few more and a movie, and that's kind of where things really took off
0: for the show. I didn't realise it kind of resurfaced in terms of its popularity.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's actually, I think it's actually quite hard to find episodes from the first three seasons. Oh, a little um, bit like
0: early seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race in terms of they don't really want people to... I don't think
1: it's not so much that they don't want them to, but it's just that the, the second round of episodes, which was about like four, like four or five seasons... I just kind of more well known
0: and um, so more popular in reruns and yeah. more recent.
1: It's actually quite weird. I remember occasionally when I would see the really old episodes being rerun, the you
0: animation can, quality, the animation quality is yeah. so different. Yeah. Um,
1: like Tommy's potato head like constantly changes shape. It's like <laughs> it's quite. It's like watching the old episodes of The Simpsons. Yeah. Like, it's quite, yeah. It's kind of uncanny valley, a bit weird, It's a
0: bit jarring. Yeah. Um,
1: but I I do remember really enjoying them. Um, and they were definitely the first episodes that I was kind of brought up on, um, they are actually, it, it basically stopped running again in about 2001. They did a couple of spin offs, They did a bunch of spin-off movies. Yes,
0: yes. And also the, the teenage show.
1: Yeah. Rugrats All Grown Up, which I always really wanted to watch, but it was only ever on Nickelodeon, so I never got to see it.
0: I think I saw two episodes. I
1: think I remember seeing like half an episode once when I was babysitting. but Yeah. Um, yeah. I never quite got, got to see that one. And they're about it's to. It's
0: so weird seeing Tommy with hair. It's like that grey blue too, the same color as his dad.
1: Isn't it like purple?
0: Yeah, it's in between that kind of.
1: Yeah, um, and then, and then oh yeah, they're about to do. I, I can't remember if they're actually doing a reboot series or just a movie or both. Um, but the the movie that they're going to release, which is going to come out in twenty twenty one, is going to be animation slash CGI. So I'm a bit nervous about that, to be honest. Probably
0: shouldn't be as much as you are because the way that CGI is used these days, there are a lot of more 2D stylistic attempting to look with a combination of animation hybrids but used, especially in TV shows and things like that. Yeah. Like all of the Star Wars Clone Wars series is, is, is mostly with a yeah. CGI modelling and then know, has some I other animation that. brought into it.
1: But I can't really picture the characters that we know in that style without it looking
0: um, 2D. Like hand drawn.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if if they did it in three D, I feel like it would look almost even more uncanny valley. Like it would look these cheaper. These characters are never meant to look realistic. They're meant to look so cartoonish yeah. that the idea of bringing them into a into any more of a three D world feels really off to me. I'm not saying that I absolutely want to go see it. I don't think this is ruining my childhood per se. <laughs> um, I'm not one of those people, but I'm. I'm a little bit hesitant about that form of animation for this style of TV show.
0: I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I genuinely am in terms of the fact that it's actually still kind of going.
1: I mean, it's not going right now.
0: No, in terms of it's not technically on the air, but the actual fan behind the Rugrats and the actual um, dedication behind Mm. it, that's still the air.
1: I think it's interesting. I think it was one of... Um, only the second cartoon that Nickelodeon ever developed. Wow. I think was what I was just reading then. So they, they started off, they did Doug first. Yes.
0: Oh, Doug. That um, one creeped me out a lot more.
1: And then they did Rugrats. And then I think they did the Ren and Stimpy show, mm. which is a whole other ball game. So I think that the fact that it was such an early and seminal success for the network probably is a reason why they want to kind of keep revisiting it and seeing how it can be brought into the modern day. And the one thing about Rugrats is it was always really good at adapting to change changes in social circumstances. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it it started off, you know, all the characters were white, um, although the, the main family obviously is Jewish, but I don't think they really dealt with that in the first three seasons. Probably not much. Probably not much. Um, and then in the in the second lot, they kind of made... They leaned more into the Jewish side of Tommy's family. Um, Eventually, we got Susie, and we got um, Chucky's Chucky's, um, father married somebody else, and in
0: in the Paris movie, in the Paris movie, and and then adopted and their Japanese.
1: Um, Isn't he? Didn't he marry a Japanese woman, and she already had a child? Yeah, isn't that how it happened? But then
0: he adopted her as well. Oh, of course, yeah.
1: So, um, so you know, it became. It started becoming a little more. Um, diverse when when all the media started becoming more diverse, so I think it was a show that for a kids show yeah. it was pretty good at moving with the times and trying to kind of um, display the diversity of its audiences.
0: And actually, we've seen a complete resurgence in this kind of 90s cartoons coming back for a movie in the past few years. Have we? Um, yes, actually. Uh, Invader Zim uh, recently had a Netflix film. What the film. Fuck is that? Um, also, it was a cult classic show probably between 98 to 2001. I might be completely off with that mark. Literally never heard of that many moments. Um But it, it was very big cult following, uh, and it had a movie that was released on Netflix earlier this year that when a year and a half ago. It was announced at a gaming convention or Oz, a Comic-Con or something. Everyone just lost their minds. Right. Um, Uh, Also, uh, Rocco's uh, Modern modern Life life. Um, uh, where the entire plotline is actually based around uh, one of the key characters being trans uh, and being of a different gender um, and their father struggling to accept that. Really surprising that that was the um, core theme of the entire movie.
1: I used to watch that show and I don't remember that.
0: No, that wasn't part of it. They just, oh, for the that's movie. part of the movie. The Netflix movie they did. I see. The core theme actually right. coming around it. That's Sorry, what they had. I so you meant that was is. the
1: core theme of the show and I was no. like, no. I don't remember that at all.
0: No, 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 that wasn't in the show. I
1: see. I see. <laughs> um, okay, cool.
0: Uh, there's also been rumours about a Hey Arnold movie as well uh, that have been going around the room for a, quite a while. So this kind of thing has been happening mm-hmm. and, and kind of been in the works for for a while in terms of these kind of shows coming mm-hmm. back with a movie in today's age and being a bit more changed with the times. Yeah, right. The only thing is that sometimes they either do or don't. So they either really go well or they're just completely fine under the radar. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so that's kind of the the history and the idea of... I didn't really talk about the, the idea behind it, but it's basically um, a show about babies, um, you know, kids that are between, like...
0: Zero and zero two. Zero
1: and two, who actually um, have their own little adventures... They speak to each other and they're not doing like the baby geniuses thing where they're like hyper intelligent, but they are more intelligent than we think. They're talking in their own language and they yeah. go on adventures and they're it's, all led it's... by little Tommy, who's, <sighs> the, who's the brave, plucky, little, little no-haired baby.
0: I forgot. Three-haired.
1: Sorry. <laughs> three strands of hair, baby.
0: I forget that he's like a heist kind of like Lee George Clooney character. Yeah, yep. I completely forgot because that happens this a lot more the His whole thing was that he
1: always had that little toy. Um, the, isn't that dummy? Screwdriver in his oh. Oh, yeah, to, to
0: break out of the, um, the plane pen the for them to have their adventures the all the entire time. Yeah, yeah. and they probably We've, reused animations again and again and again. To again.
1: go save the whatever. It's <laughs> <laughs> always his thing.
0: So, yeah, I, um, I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed the um, misunderstandings of all the words. Yeah that it works really well uh-huh. um, to, for them to be trying to find the meanie of Hanukkah.
1: But
0: uh-huh. <laughs> they just misunderstood the meaning. Yeah, um, Like, I was. I, it took me a while to get it the first time around. The second time around, I got a lot faster when they said it because they generally do not pronounce things correctly anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a miracle ball or whatever. But it was really hilarious that they were just, like, trying to... And the, their way of, like, confronting the meanie was to give it a nap. Yeah, to get it to go to nap.
1: I love that so much. It's well, not like
0: let's let's defeat it. Let's like throw things at it. Let's beat it down yeah. to the ground. Their their approach is what a, an authority figure would do to them. Put them in a nap. Yeah,
1: if if you, somebody's you know being mean to you, then you've both got to go have a nap.
0: And so when <laughs> Plan A fails, they're manipulated by Angelica to Plan B, which has nothing to do with them at all, really. Yeah. And then Plan C ends up being. Well, bedtime stories work pretty well before nap. Let's read the bedtime story of Hanukkah. Yeah. Um, adorable. adorable. I forgot adorable. how adorable it is. Yeah. It's just so endearing.
1: I know. I think that's what I... I actually... I enjoyed watching these. I really enjoyed watching them.
0: I'm, I'm curious at why, because, like, these jokes are... Some of these are not great jokes at all. They're punny. They're so punny. I, I you, love, you know I love puns, punny. But I I'm, think that's
1: why I found this funnier than The Nanny, because it's more... Um, the
0: nanny's more contextual, topical. Yeah, where this is more um, play well, on play words. on words. It's such so, because everything it's, is
1: it's, a play on words.
0: Yeah, and it's just.
1: And I find that really, I have actually find that quite clever.
0: And yeah, I was surprised by the level of like cleverness in this show that I didn't realize was there when I watched it back in the day. Yeah. Um, because I mean, like the thing that when I think about the Rugrats, the first thing that t- popped into my mind was the iconic theme tune. Yeah. Theme tune. Theme tune. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Theme tune. Um same thing. I've just merged all those song, ones.
1: Song, song tune. That's, that's what you do.
0: And, um, you know, that there were moments that I experienced, especially in the first episode, where even though it was still like quite an interesting episode for it to be so heavily based on me realising that one of the elderly characters is having a feud with one of his old fr- buddies from Russia... And, you know, they're both being very Jewish and angry at each other in this style of like saying this is the kind of way I would do it. No, but I've got my children did this, but my company did this. And this showing up of each other that was actually hurting each other on the inside. And mm-hmm. it's just like, this is some pretty heavy themes that don't need to be in a kid's show. They're still represented in a kid's presentation. Yeah, yeah. So that they would mostly be understandable to a kid in terms of the grown ups are fighting, well, just it's, like it's they're having of, a fight.
1: I like the idea that it's still bringing up a kind of a moral. Yeah. Um, in terms of like you need to listen and understand other people's circumstances, just because somebody's el- somebody else's life looks better doesn't mean it actually is that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but also, it completely
0: think- ties into. The entire plot of the of, of exactly. representing Jewish Hanukkah and people not understanding what that means. Cynthia, sorry, Cynthia Angelica's you know wanting her Barbie knockoff Cynthia specials to be like the time of year what these things happen. I mean, like it's it, it's got so much of different types of people in there, and that I noticed immediately from this season to the next season, mm. where you had I was like, oh, they're the other characters. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like they takes a
0: little bit of time for them to all pop in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that this is um like this is right at the beginning of, of the rebirth, the rebirth of it, and then. The, the next one is obviously three seasons later. You're looking at probably 2000-ish by the time that...
0: After a movie or two.
1: Yeah, exactly. So they, they were definitely a little bit more inclusive at that point. But, yeah, I think that the... Um, I really enjoyed the Hanukkah special. I think that you're right. The the wordplay is essentially what drives a lot of Rugrats as a show. Yeah. Um, and it's also just very wholesome. And as we know, I enjoy my comedy to be quite wholesome.
0: Yeah, I keep forgetting that. Yeah. I don't know why I keep forgetting that.
1: <laughs> I don't know. That's okay. Um, because I'm a bitter old bitch, and it seems quite. Um, you would be
0: more into. Uncharacteristic.
1: <laughs> and I do like the other the other humour. Like I said, Nas is my favourite character in the other. show. Oh yeah, yeah, love um, some
0: good cynics. Uh,
1: but but in this show, it's just it's so wholesome the way that they all kind of. Uh, are trying to do the right thing. They
0: band together. They band
1: together. Yeah. Um, and and but they also you know they're also a little bit mean to each other sometimes. They make mistakes they together. Make mistakes together. I know it's really sweet. Um, I did have a I did a, a tiny little bit of research. I kind of found this article by accident, um, which basically said uh, all of the it's fact checking the Rugrats Hanukkah special um, <laughs> by this um, this online. Um, mag or this kind of website, which I think it's called Hey Alma. Um, and I think it's kind of like a, a Jewish kind of media. Um, yeah,
0: right. Kind of pop culture, pop culture
1: type website, which is really fun. Um, and this is where they said that the, that they'd spent uh, spelled Hanukkah wrong. Um, <laughs> they kind of talked about the story that we actually missed out on because our version cut off the first three minutes.
0: But yeah, no, in terms of like something that I didn't really know much about in terms of the Maccabees, the actual situation behind the candles. Yeah, I
1: I learned, I literally learned the story of Hanukkah from this, which I had never known before, which I wish I'd seen this as a little kid because then I would have known the story of Hanukkah for the whole, for my whole life. At least it's probably quite simplistic version of it anyway.
0: Yeah, but like for me, when this first opened up, it just felt like VeggieTales. Like, this immediately reminded me of VeggieTales because what we're seeing is the Rugrats putting themselves in the story yeah. of of Hanukkah. Um, so that's the way that they actually get to, their imagination is is understanding it. Mm,
1: exactly. Um, there were, I think, a couple of little mistakes, according to this article. Um, oh, that's
0: right, the flip scrolls. The
1: flip scrolls with the with the, <laughs> with the pop-up, out, pop-up animations. Up things. Which was quite fun. Um uh, they they's, those throws are both technically in the Torah, which is correct. They wouldn't have been playing Dreidels, apparently, Dreidels came later.
0: Yeah, that makes more sense.
1: Um, and then the Maccabees, um,
0: Maccabees gotta do what Mac-a-baby's a Maccabees gotta, gotta do. So fucking
1: cute. <laughs> um, and as according to this website, honestly, true. Um, uh, Judah Maccabee apparently did not begin the conflict um, with the with the Greeks. It was actually his uh, father, right. Ma- the priest at Mattathias. Mattathias? Yep.
0: Mattathias. Uh,
1: no, there's an extra oh, thing okay. in there Mattathias. Oh yeah. Mattathias. Don't know. Not sure. Um, they talk about oh, latkes. Latkes, which I've never had, and oh, I really want to try. They're really nice. Um, and because they all think it's
0: pancakes. Like, why are they cooking pancakes at night time? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I like that for, for, the, for their interpretation it's like maybe Tommy needs to blow out the candles it's just so like l- you forget sometimes what it could be like to look at the world through a baby's eyes Yeah. Okay. guess so there's so many things I already know about the world with the evidence of what I have and experience that I have how limited it might be what do I think is happening right now like mm-hmm. you don't really think that you're wrong you don't mm-hmm. really think you need more information and then you just piece it together as you do
1: Exactly. Um, I love the idea of um, Stu... Trying
0: really hard. Trying so hard and just
1: completely not understanding and overdoing it. I I think that's... so typical. I think
0: that's very much a similar case. Like, when you've got someone who's not as strictly religious being included into a very Jewish family, you want to almost go overboard in trying to, like, studying up on the information you should know, Mm -hmm. getting your pronunciation right, getting a chach right. Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. Um,
0: I loved that there was a, almost a rule of three that was happening in this, in terms of each time you thought that the kids were going to get to learn the story of Hanukkah or the meaning of Hanukkah, they'd be interrupted or just leave because mm-hmm. they were just not interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that wasn't until it happened at the climax of the episode where we actually did get to uh, see more of the story come together.
1: Yeah, and I love, I just love the the sweetness at the end of um, the old the old gentleman Shlomo, who obviously had no. Um, Kids. Kids and hadn't had interactions with children and had wanted to but didn't know how and that kind of thing Um, and how they all kind of come up with, um, you know, the meaning... Of Hanuk- Hanukkah at the end. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I just found it really sweet. Um. According to this website, they got almost everything right. A few little mistakes here. Apparently, he calls her tatala instead of mamala, um, which is what you would say to a boy instead of a girl. Um. I mean, it's that seems like a pretty minor mistake to me. But you know, pretty
0: good. You want to get them. You
1: want to get things right. Yeah. And then they talk about you know the the burning of the. The, the oil and the oil for eight days. Yeah. I was quite glad that I saw this before I saw the nanny one because it meant that I already had
0: that understanding the context of, of what the, this story what the, yeah, was. Yeah, because of the eight hours of the car. It was like, what,
1: what, 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 what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they didn't, they it's didn't not very necessarily clear. explain it, which is okay. They shouldn't need to explain it to an adult audience. Everyone should kind of have a basic understanding of what Hanukkah is. S-
0: I didn't. Similar um, with the Passover. I mean, they're actually cut to a moment where Gracie's like reading kind of the end of the story. Yeah, yeah. And then so because, it's, I guess, summer of it is assumed knowledge mm-hmm. um, or because it might be delivering towards a Jewish um, audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've also got just making a joke of it for the next page. I mean, yeah. like, what does, what's the next story say? Totally. Whereas you're... this
1: one, I think, knows that it's speaking to children and that's why it doesn't mind giving... Dumb. It's
0: not dumbing it. It is dumbing well, it down in a way. It's but very
1: it's... specifically giving the story of Hanukkah. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's, it's, it is also playing with those themes in its regular in the story, the kind of a plot, the the actual thing that's happening. But I I like the idea that for a kids show, it is, it is actually giving the story for people who may not know it. Um, or surprises is
0: actually almost a more complicatedly structured piece of three different plot lines framing around the story and meaning of Hanukkah than the episode of The Nanny, where it's just almost like one and a half.
1: There's a lot going on in this episode. (laughs) And that's, I think, the benefit of a show that, like The Rugrats, is not trying to be a comedy you're not trying to actually shoehorn jokes into there. It's mm. trying to be a story. Um, and that's because kids respond better to a narrative. Yeah,
0: beginning, and middle, um, and a end. A beginning,
1: middle, and end. So that's why there are three plots. You've got the, the kind of flashback plot, the telling of Hanukkah, You've got in fact there's four plots. Yeah. Um you've got the story between Boris and Shlomo. You've, you've got, got
0: Angelica's, Angelica's uh, wanting to get watch TV to watch the Christmas special. Yep, she wants to watch
1: the Cynthia Christmas special, and you've got, special, got, and you've got them the baby's plot.
0: Defending from the meaning of Hanukkah. Exactly. Hanukkah. And
1: they all and they all interweave really well with each other.
0: They all come to a head right at the same time.
1: Yeah, and I think the only one that kind of doesn't get any kind of um wrap up is Angelica's not going to see her Christmas Which special. Which is almost
0: consistent with every single time anything happens with Angelica. She wants something that she can't really have and then...
1: And I think, I actually think one thing that they do on this show is not necessarily try and solve that for Angelica. They never try and have her come to realisation very often. No. Because then, I think it's kind of a clever thing because then she's just coming to the same realisation every week. Um, whereas they, yeah, they don't really seem to do that very often. I think that's quite clever. She just doesn't get her way.
0: No. And that's okay. uh, Yeah, and so I... That's exactly what
1: happens to a three-year-old. They don't get their way. (laughs) I
0: forgot that she was such a crybaby. Yeah. Because, like, while she's the eldest out of all of them, she's used to getting the way that she gets. And Mm -hmm. when she doesn't, then she doesn't actually get what she wants. Mm -hmm. Her storyline ends where she doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. And she cries and has to settle with whatever the babies are doing.
1: Exactly. And I have to tell you, as somebody with a three-year-old niece... (laughs) Not inaccurate. Yeah. You don't get what you want. You have a bit of a cry. Somebody gives you a hug and then you go on your way. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I don't know. I really enjoyed this Hanukkah episode. I think, I think maybe there was a little bit too much going on. Probably could have done with one less plot.
0: Yeah. I, I'm not sure if it needed the visualization of um, the, the, Mac- the Macca Babies. I liked it though. I liked I it. I really liked it. I think it. for
1: what this episode was trying to do, which is give that visibility and that understanding of the story,
0: I guess it's because we it... also saw part of that story as well through the um, two older men. Yeah. Um, that it felt like we were getting it twice, even well, though it was different parts of the story. Different
1: parts of the story. I don't know. I think I think it worked well for it this. It did,
0: most definitely, most PC definitely. Episode. And I was worried if I was being too positive when I was experiencing it. No, I fucking
1: it. loved it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it is one of those shows you do have to think about it as a kids show. Yes, it is very it is didactic. But I don't think it's, it's hard didactic. for you
0: to view it as a TV as a kids show because they show you things from the kids' perspective. Yeah. so you're reminded what it'd be like to just try and think and consider, or just look at things from that height.
1: Yeah, totally. And yeah, to try and think about what. Um what all of these conflicting things meant to you as a kid. It's like you said about blowing out the candles. Well, the only time I know what to do with candles is on my birthday, birthday. when I blow them out. So
0: we're getting presents so once we blow out the candles?
1: I guess it's it's my birthday. I was
0: so worried the house was going to burn down on fire as soon as I saw that happening. I don't know why I thought that was the next place it was going to go. But babies crawling so. up, going to play with a big giant can- I mean, menorah. The, with the, all this fl- the thing about
1: these babies is they were always very adventurous. Nothing and that very bad,
0: invulnerable.
1: Nothing that, ever that bad ever happened. <laughs> Um, but moving on, I don't know. I don't have too much more to say about the Hanukkah episode. No, it was um, just nice. It was just nice. It was yeah. really sweet.
0: Yeah, and also, the you know, when Angelica bites into a, what she thinks is a pancake and getting annoyed that she was tricked into eating potatoes, mm-hmm. but I'm just like how much people are like, oh, potato, lambkis, yes, this smells right or this smells good. Mm. It's just like a nice way of just adding in other culture, For it to not be unusual or strange and just, like, something different.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Speaking of something different, a Rugrats Kwanzaa. Now, this is really interesting, I thought. Um, Yeah, this is
0: something that I do not see much representation.
1: No, you very rarely do see a lot of representation on Kwanzaa as a holiday. I did a little bit of research into it because I think one thing about this episode is it doesn't go nearly as far into what the holiday is.
0: In terms of its actual... Its
1: actual kind of yeah, uh, history, origin. context, origin. Yeah. Um, and, and they do talk. They do use a lot of the phrases in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Aunt T does talk about, you know, they're going to have their feast, um, all that kind of stuff, but they don't necessarily talk about what the holiday is is. Um, it's more about how Susie relates to this holiday that she's not particularly familiar with.
0: And Auntie T using the themes of what it can mean for a family totally. and celebra- celebration of culture. Celebration?
1: Celebration. Yeah. So I thought I might talk a little bit about um, Kwanzaa. It's kind of background and, and what it really is about, mm-hmm. if that's okay with you. Um, I found this really, really interesting to research. Um, so Kwanzaa is basically a holiday that was um, developed by Dr. Mulana Karinga in 1966. Huh. Um, and basically his uh, idea was in order to celebrate black culture in America um, where people feel very uh, kind of separated from the origins of their culture due to the fact that they were brought over as slaves and not really allowed to celebrate their own cultural things um, or religion. So he basically took the idea of um, a a first fruits of the harvest festival Mm -hmm. um, uh, and he used that word um, first fruit, the word Kwanzaa, from Swahili Um, But he took elements from all of these different African cultures um, and kind of combined them into this one celebration of African-American pride and culture and that kind of thing. Um, It was kind of, it was celebrated uh, a lot among African-American communities um, sort of throughout the 70s and 80s. It has apparently dwindled down a little bit lately, which Mm. is kind of a shame. At first, it was uh, described as a very secular um, holiday and uh, uh, Dr. Kurengo really wanted people to forsake Christmas or other holidays in order to celebrate Kwanzaa. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. But later on, he felt that that was kind of Limited. too alienating of his um, Christian minority. So he he kind of says you can celebrate them both. Kwanzaa is a seven day festival. I think it ends on the December the thirty first. So it must so be like the week the,
0: the the week leading up to New Year's Eve. Yeah,
1: the week leading up to New Year's Eve. Um, uh, and that's the final evening where you have your kuramu, which is what they were doing in this episode of Rugrats, um, hel- ha- having their big feast. Um, they have a candle lighting ceremony. Um, they have in a in a kanara, um, which is a candle holder, which looks kind of similar to a menorah, mm. um, but is different. They have uh, seven candles um, called the mishuma saba, and those candles each represent. A principle of Kwanzaa. And the principles, which, by the way, you can find, um, there's a song um, on, that you can find on YouTube, which is like the Kwanzaa Seven Principles song, which is what I listen to to get the pronunciations of all of these. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to take off of that video, so I do apologize if, if my white mouth gets things wrong. <laughs> um, but basically, the seven principles are um- umoja, which is unity, um, self determination. Kujichagulia, which is the uh, principle of self-determination, mm. and the ability to name yourselves, create for yourselves, and direct your own um, your own fate. Ujima, which is collective work and responsibility. So basically, oh, working everybody together. working together. Um, Ujimaa, which is cooperative economics, which is the ability to work together and profit from each other's businesses. Um, Nia, which is purpose. Uh, Ku'umba, which is creativity, and Imani, which is faith. And that's not necessarily faith in a religion, but faith in yourselves, um, to believe in your your culture, your um, elders, people. your people, um, and the righteousness and victory of struggle. Um, so that's kind of the idea behind, that's roughly, very, very basically the idea behind Kwanzaa, is the idea of, um, of black African-American culture uh, communities being able to come together and celebrate um, and and feel pride in their own culture and their history. Which um, is
0: something that was completely lacking in terms of, not necessarily completely lacking, but it wasn't something that was unified or celebrated on, on a larger scale.
1: Yeah, I think I think the idea of bringing it together into kind of ritualised um, formality is, is the idea, same thing that you get behind Christmas, you know, if you all find a time to come together and celebrate the specifics of a belief system, it kind of codifies it in a way that feels a little more real and a little more tangible. Almost
0: like it's legitimizing. Yeah, which um, is not you know. to say that it
1: wasn't legitimate no, before exactly. that, but it's, it's just about creating that feel around it um, a day or a week where you can specifically come together to celebrate one thing or, or these seven things that make your culture.
0: No, I will say that when I uh, watched this episode, I thought for a hot minute that this was like around the same time that where in the world is Carmen San Diego on, just because of the way that she first opened the door and had this amazing wide brim hat. The original Carmen San Diego. I've, not I've the never seen any
1: of that. Um, I don't
0: know. I even really know what that is. <laughs> but um, no, I just love the fact that you've got an 87 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, a grandma or Auntie T, who's just like a boss ass bee, who's just like about town with this kind of like just core like joy with a is it a jamba? What is the the it's not a bongo, what's the drum? Jembe? A jembe. Yeah, that she's got like on her side, ug boots, like and like what she's wearing, and she's just oh, it's just so much joy yeah. in this kind of character. The fact that they're not just forcing it on someone else. It's like, hey, let's come together. Let's do this. I know we normally do that at the end of the of the festival uh-huh. or the harvest or whatever. Being like, how about we have a big dinner tonight? Oh, you're working in your script. I know, Rudy. I'm so proud of all the accolades and all the awards and the trophies. But wouldn't it be nice if we could just come together? And uh-huh. oh, the way that Susie Q, again, you're looking at that interpretation of how... It's not
1: Susie Q. It's just Susie, right?
0: I could have sworn they were saying Susie Q. I don't think it's her
1: name. It may be a nickname. It's just but what
0: but one of them, refer- like her yeah, brother, probably refers to as trying so. to be cool. And stuff.
1: Yeah, I think her name's just Susie. Yeah, probably I it's could just be Susie. wrong. Let's find out. I think her name's just Susie, bro. It's
0: probably just her brother saying Susie Q. Or I don't something.
1: even think. I don't think that's the truth. Thing. either. It I think didn't you, even happen. I think you've just heard Susie Q in your brain.
0: <laughs> probably before some time ago. I
1: mean, it's a, there's a song called Susie Q.
0: Don't even know what that is.
1: Oh Susie Q. Du, du, du. Nope. Oh, Susie. It's a very popular. It's a it's like a nickname and a, and it's a song and it's there's a movie and like. Suzy Q was a phrase. Okay. That's why you're hearing it. Yeah. It, it wasn't actually in there. I don't think. I could be wrong.
0: Um, uh, But her like struggling to relate to just the simple fact of not being given a job to do when they're setting up for the meal and mm. feeling like she's been discluded from, mm. from that part of the family because she's not someone great. Yeah, um, and then being like, oh well, if we need to get you an award, then we can make one for you, or, oh, but no, but people with awards to have pictures and they have a whole thing, and then she starts doing a toast and like, oh, this is how, this is how you achieve greatness, and I really liked the attention to detail where you had the simple fact that one of the um, other siblings' chores was to get the corn, or you know, with the, with the uh, Swahili term for the corn, for the corn, and gosh. Um, And then um, the fact that... The
1: manzal? Yes. The crops, fruits, (laughs) nuts and vegetables.
0: Uh, And that um, when Susie was giving her speech for accepting her award, so she convinced it great and come into the family, she was using a a cup of corn. And so that was then taken from her immediately because that was actually part of the chores to help get the feast ready. Mm. Uh, But then that resulted in the next part of, you know, the complication Mm. for her feeling accepted and then having all of these embodiments of... um, what her gift was, and how the scrapbook was actually s- such a very special thing to actually be given, in terms of representing all these different levels of greatness between people, mm. going into much more than just um, you know Kwanzaa heritage. Thinking about Martin Luther King, thinking yeah. about how much confidence it takes to just give a solo up in church. Yeah, and it was in in, in of itself just describing different, I guess, elements of um, Black culture um, and things to be proud of.
1: Mm. I guess one thing that I, um, having said that the last episode was very didactic, I think one thing that I missed in this episode was a little bit more of the history and ideas um, more specifically related to Kwanzaa. I think it's interesting that this episode kind of takes um, the idea of uh, talking about great people. Um, which I think is probably an important part of Kwanzaa in terms of recognising the achievements and um, kind of the, having pride in, in people from your culture, that kind of thing.
0: In a unified way of looking at all these different people from different faiths and beliefs yeah. coming together for the sake of people of the same coloured skin.
1: Totally. I did kind of wonder about the idea of having this episode so be so rooted in quote-unquote greatness, though, I don't know. It just, it doesn't seem like it's that important to the Kwanzaa holiday. Mm. Um, and so I was just a bit curious about it. Um, com- coming out of this, did it seem like there was a, a strong connection between, I mean, I guess if you didn't do the research, you wouldn't necessarily know what Kwanzaa was all about. No. Um, were you? Did you come out of this wanting to know more? Um, did you come out of this with any kind of understanding of what the holiday was really about?
0: I came out of it, um, I guess, thinking that there are more holidays that just have this, a similar sense of wanting to spend time together. Yeah. Um, really. Yeah. Um, because, like, the, the, the most amount of, like, complication that you really have going on here, aside from what happens with Susie's character uh, and the misunderstanding of just being considered part of the family, uh, is the um, slight bit of between her and her son-in-law, Rudy, Uh Uh, in terms of wanting to spend time working on his play, but then the blackout causes him to take a break and spend time with his family. Yeah, Um, You know, nothing new and original there. Nothing, this is just standard trope for any sort of family, really, Mm -hmm. Um, especially at that time of year, in terms of wanting to force it. Even when he's like, oh, we were going to have the dinner at the end of the seven days, not now, let's have dinner tonight. It's like, I actually scheduled in to probably work for the next two days instead of, like, spending time with family. But, um... No, yeah, it it definitely made me actually like like you know start to Google it and be like, oh, okay, I actually had no idea about this holiday yeah. at all. Um, but just the fact that I was just very interested because I was like, oh, so this isn't like a made up holiday, a hybrid of of different things. This is just a part that's completely removed from the culture that I've experienced.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and uh, it was just very interesting to see, especially on a kids show. Mm.
1: I think that's um, it's really, um, interesting to kind of think about the idea of. Uh, you know having your family together and celebrating together um and it's interesting that they had the other babies there as well um and the other kind of people involved in it um because i know a big part of the celebration is about community not just family Mm. um and so i think that that was really interesting that they um again included people that are part of their community in this celebration that being said again you don't necessarily need the white people there to celebrate kwanzaa um (laughs) But, you know, I think I think for what this episode is doing, which is similar to what you found interesting in the Nanny episode, yeah. which is try and bring a little bit of unity of cultures together, um, whether or not it needed it, I don't know. Probably could have done without it, but also they probably didn't want a whole episode without their main characters in it.
0: Well, it's not necessarily the main characters. like generally kids are specials. They like to see all of them yeah, on screen, ex- that sort exactly, of thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly.
1: So I think I actually would have quite liked it if they had just been able to have it centred around Susie's family and not have to include the other characters, but I understand why they were there. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, Um, I mean, it was also nice to just see the kids just having joy and experiencing fun, not really knowing anything about what it's about, but just mm. enjoying what it could be. Like, the music, the fun, the food, the gifts for no reason.
1: Totally. Um, So, yeah, I found found this episode less enjoyable than the Hanukkah one in terms of I just think there was – a little bit less going on and a little bit more. I don't know, maybe I just didn't find the Susie storyline that compelling.
0: It it I I totally fell for it, but I also knew where it was going to go anyway.
1: Mm. I liked it better toward the end when we did get to have those flashes of like this is what um this is the way that we as a family have supported each other through the years. This is and the idea that um Greatness doesn't mean to need... To have your photo need in the ...doesn't to pecker. mean uh, achievement, so-called. It could be being a great person, just mm. being a nice person, being a kind person, um, you know, just doing the best that you can for the people around you. I think that that's a really great message. I think that that really comes through, um, but I feel like the road to get there was a little bit rocky. Yeah, it like didn't it just lacked really... Focus
0: feel unified as it was coming across. Mm. By the time the blackout happened, I felt like it was almost the part two of a different episode. Yeah, yeah, it that's felt- what
1: I mean. It just lacked focus, I think.
0: Yeah, it was just kind of pointing in a bunch of different directions being say, yes, this is good. Also, this is good. Yeah. Remember what we said about this being good? This is also good.
1: Yeah, it was kind of like you've got... <laughs> You know the the siblings who are just kind of too cool for school and not really wanting to take part, and um, and the brother who the sorry the son-in-law who didn't want to take part, and then Susie who's got her own thing going on with not feeling like she belongs. You got and the nerdy Auntie, sibling then, who
0: like knows the English translation for all of the different Swahili yeah, words. Yeah, who
1: understands kind of the concepts of the holiday but doesn't necessarily have. Um, a greater understanding of the meaning behind the holiday. Um, so I just felt like there was a lot going on. It was all pretty unfocused. And then um, it did kind of come together well in the end with the story of the book and who's inside the book and that kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know. It was a little bit unfocused. But that being said, it led me to do a lot of research to something that I didn't know much about. And I really appreciate that as an adult, being a, being given the tools to go and look something up. Um, but I think as, a, as a, again, a show for kids, I think it would have been nice... To, to have ex- more
0: within the episode itself.
1: To have more within the episode and to explain the holiday itself a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and not just say it's a day where we celebrate the great people.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, like, you've got characters in here who are, you know, active people in the world. or not technically alive. But um, Martin Luther King, you know. So, obviously, this show isn't afraid to delve into history. Yeah, totally. Um, and so... It was interesting, uh, ne- don't get me wrong at all, but uh, one thing I noticed is that um, the power of music that it has uh, on the tone of a show. Mm-hmm. I almost didn't feel like this was a Rugrats episode a little bit because I was missing just those little, those, you know how it's got that score? The kind of music box score. Yeah, the kind of music box score that feels like it's from something out of the, the, the toy box. Yeah. Um, and that um, it's 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 kind of every once in a while there, kind of plays off those comedic moments mm. and reminds you what you're watching. And because music is such a very different exposure and sound from uh, these different people, um, meant that, like, you know, you're getting to see Annie T rock around with a djembe. Yeah. And you would hear a different kind of, like, rhythm and music happening around the episode. Mm. Um, uh, and then you would hear, like, you know, a gospel church. And then we'd be like none of this actually sounds like the Rograts. Yeah. And, like, it was very interesting, and I was very interested to see it. Uh, and to hear it, but I was amazed how much it didn't feel like an episode of The Rugrats to me, almost just because of the sounds mm. that were so different. And I think you're right. The, the focus, the lack of focus towards the end of the episode is where I think it started losing that for me a little bit. Yeah. It was very interesting, and I was like, this feels like a very special episode of The Rugrats. This feels like a bit of a bottle episode. Yeah. Not the usual kind of thing that you get. For example, we didn't have the standard Angelica's dummy spit or manipulation. That doesn't have to happen every single episode. Yeah. But um, it but didn't... It, 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 it felt It felt different.
1: Yeah, and I almost feel like by by touting this as a like kind of very special episode and making it feel apart from what the show normally does, I almost feel like it's it's mar- could be marginalizing that cultural experience even more.
0: In terms of like setting it apart instead of making it more of the usual. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about that and maybe that's the complete opposite of what I said last week where I said that if it had to do with the holiday I wanted it to have to do with the holiday. Um, but but I also said that I just want I just want whatever it is to live within the world a little bit more. Mm. Um, and I don't know, yeah, this you're right, this didn't quite feel like the right world, but also it is so different from like ex- by depicting this culture and this celebration that is inherently different to the yeah. world of Rugrats. So how can you uh, represent this culture and still have it be an episode of the Rugrats that feels like the Rugrats? Maybe those two things are mutually exclusive, and in which case they did the best thing possible, which is just have it feel not quite like an episode of Rugrats in order to get the representation out there. I think if you have to choose between the two, they made the right choice.
0: But definitely really strong in terms of, like, while the episode itself in terms of beginning from A to B um, doesn't really... all come together mm-hmm. in, as, as other episodes or other shows may do, I still think it was quite remarkable to see. Like, I just was, almost by the time we got to the end of the flashback storyline, I kind of forgot that they were on their way to see Martin Luther King. Yep. And I was just like, oh, and there's Martin Luther King. Yeah. And like, oh, that's cool. I mean,
1: I knew exactly that's what was going to happen. The second we saw them pull over to the side of the road to help someone, I was like, oh, that's going to be Martin Luther King. Yeah. Um, I didn't doubt that for one (laughs) second. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. It was, it's a really sweet episode and I do like it. And I do like that it gave me something to think about and to... Um, go away and research a little bit more. But I think if I was a kid, I would have come out of this still without a very strong understanding of what Kwanzaa oh, was. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, which I think is kind of a shame, and that's the great thing that you got out of the Hanukkah episode that you don't get out of the Kwanzaa episode. Yeah. Um. And that's and I'm sure it's not intentional, but maybe that's just you know little bits of, um, just you know just a little mistake that they made, or maybe I mean, they, there's didn't, also they didn't they didn't consider as it well. important.
0: In terms of, I guess, like, um, you know, I'm not sure how many more seasons this went on to do in terms of how much they were trying to push more representation into it before they finished up, so they could still, like, kind of have that kind of exposure because they knew reruns would just constantly be happening. They didn't have enough time to maybe polish it as much because probably towards the later of the show, the writing may have been, like, more in flux with movies and other things that were happening on the time.
1: Or maybe they just literally were like, let's make a less didactic version of this so that it's a better episode. Um,
0: Even if it's not a Rugrats episode.
1: Even if it's not a Rugrats episode or even if it's... Like, I think they were just trying to find a a better line between let's tell the story of Kwanzaa and let's have a plot that works on its own. Yeah, because you don't Um, want to
0: repeat the same thing of, of, of delivering that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think they were just trying to do something a little bit different with it. Um, I don't think it was quite as successful as the first one, but it was still a really sweet episode. I've always really liked the character of Susie. Yeah. I really kind of related to her as kind of like the goody two-shoes of the, the group.
0: She's more insecure than I remember.
1: I don't think that she normally is this way. Yeah. I feel like in the normal episode, she's the one who she's comes in. She's a bit in, more more powerful. Um, and kind of tells the babies that no, what Angelica's telling them is actually yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can do this. Or you can do that or blah blah blah. Like I kind of She's a little bit of a know it all. Yeah. But in a, in a nicer, more gentler way than um Angelica and she's also usually more right than Angelica. So I always really liked Susie as a character. I'm glad that they gave her this episode. I really enjoyed it, but yeah, I think it I think the Hanukkah episode was just in general, it felt a little bit more um a little more cohesive, which is weird, considering there were more plot lines um and <laughs> and repeated plot lines always. and repeated yeah, and it was it was technically less didactic, but it didn't it felt more i think I think perhaps the reason is because at the end it's just like delivering like four scenes in a row. Um, kind of felt like, and here's Aunt T to tell you the moral of the story. Yeah. Whereas I think because the moral was kind of going in and out throughout the whole plot of the Hanukkah story, um, it worked a little bit better. As a payoff. As a payoff. Yeah, yeah. Um, It didn't feel like all of a sudden we're going to go into the moral um, where we're hearing the moral the whole way through. So I don't know. That's why. But hmm. it, either way, I think it's great. Oh, it's this, great. This
0: is fantastic.
1: Like, there's a, they're really quality. Even for a kid's show, I think that they're great episodes of TV, I've always really believed that Rugrats was a really good show for kids Um, just because it's always, you know.
0: I like that it always had so much difference, people. Mm. Not just represented through the babies but also through the adults, also through, like, the slightly older toddlers or whatever Mm. else and that it meant that it was a lot easier for almost anyone in daycare to be able to relate to at least one of the characters up Mm. there because of either their mannerisms or the way they looked or the Mm. way they – put their hips on their hands.
1: I mean I think if you do it now you need to increase that even more. Definitely. Um I think the fact that you your four main babies, five main babies, um white. Phil, Lil, Tommy, Chucky and Angelica are all white. I think that that's a bit dodge. Um and and you wouldn't you can't get away with that now. Mm. You need you know 50/50 at least, at very least if not more um in order to to kind of really portray the diversity of our um, of our world. Um, and perhaps that's an idealised version of our world, and I'm more than willing to admit that, but that's the kind of world that we want to move towards. Yeah, and that's the way diverse, that inclusive
0: media needs to be yeah. to help drive for change.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um,
0: but, it, you know, again, I'm going to put that on the context, but for the time, I'm still very impressed. I mean, 1991 to
1: 1998 or 2000 or whatever. Like, it's pretty good for that time, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, And so, no, I I mean, like, in terms of the scale of uh, super not religious at all to incredibly religious.
1: Not religious. (laughs) Holiday spirit.
0: Holiday spirit. I mean, it's quite a bit of spirit, actually.
1: I'm going to say this is like probably, like, a nine for the Hanukkah episode and, like, a seven yeah. for the Kwanzaa episode. Yeah, splitting the difference to be an splitting eight. the difference to an eight. Yeah.
0: It's weird that this random scale we just kind of made up has just been more easily able to be almost the exact same score from either of us.
1: I mean, these are pretty obvious, though. Like, this isn't so much a subjective thing. You can look at it and go, like, yeah, that's holiday spirit. Yeah, spirit-y. there's a decent amount of holiday Da-da. spirit in this it's, episode. It's a more, it's a more yeah. subjective, a more uh, objective. Yes, yes,
0: yes, But, no, it's... um. It's, it's a pretty good time, and, you know, maybe you'll go back and finally see what it looks like when they were all grown up.
1: Maybe. Maybe. Um, probably it's not something that I need to spend my time watching, though, to be honest. <laughs> uh, cool. So, Kate what's been in your eye this week?
0: Um, so, what's been in my eye this week is actually a game mm-hmm. um, called Vampyr. I'm saying it like that because it's spelt V-A-M-P-Y-R. Vampyr. Vampyr? Thank you. Is that, like, more... Like Latin original it's, it's, language. I think
1: it could be the original spelling of vampire. Yeah, I think that um, might I'm be. I'm not sure if it actually is.
0: Anyway, um, uh, this uh, game a actually came out a few years ago, uh, but I'm always late to the game with these sort of things, uh, both uh, literally and figuratively. Um, and it's quite an interesting game because you're. It's set in like you know, um, kind of post post-war but still pretty darky middle stage London where like the Spanish flu is a big deal and you're a doctor who's been turned into a vampire and it's like holy crap now I've got to um like figure out how to live how to get by in the world but also I would still genuinely want to keep my oath and save people and then so you like are going around making decisions in terms of whether you should bite people um make them more healthy and then bite them because they'll have healthier blood but then maybe you should just actually can keep the neighborhood going in terms of these citizens have important places in 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 their own respective neighborhoods and they're a pillar of this community and this is actually a nurse who's helping with the immigrant situation because there's no healthcare for them in this area and it's actually incredibly more complex where i thought this was a game that was going to be more fight fight pow pow bitey bitey scratch um, where actually every single time I go to bed, if I haven't done things in terms of helping different neighbourhoods or helping with medicines or um, little missions, then towns can go more and more into disarray and the, then people can go missing and all these quests will not happen. And I'm really surprised that it's a very well thought out game and mechanic where it forces you to make little tiny decisions here and there and sometimes the decisions may have been always heading in one direct path um, but it, every single decision you make has seems like it has consequences. So I'm not sure if the game was always going to structure you towards some ways, but I can definitely like choose to kill someone or choose not to kill someone, and making that decision will impact the rest of my game. And it's really interesting the way that it actually gets you to think about people and how they actually are valuable to society in these little microcosms of different areas and different kind of... Um, groups of people like how the irish were treated um when they were still considered immigrants um and you know how the war affected people the healthcare system at this point of time and obviously there's a lot of like, just fantasy, whatever, thrown in there for good measure. But it's um it's it's very surprisingly good mechanic that I think I would like to see more games try and replicate in terms of... Because it's making me care about everything that's happening and making me make genuine hard decisions before I just level up. It's not as simple as, oh, I'll just, like, get some XP points and now I'm a boss bitch... If I want to build, get at my XP points, I have to go to sleep and then wake up in the next day and then people could have died or gone missing during that time. So I have to genuinely think about strategizing when I go to sleep and when I'm awake and daytime and dawn and all this sort of stuff. Sounds super complicated and nerdy, but it is and that's great.
1: like, <laughs> I'm glad you just own it. That's great.
0: It was, it's just, I'm just having an absolute ball. Figuring out if I should bite someone or not. Because mm-hmm. sometimes they are genuinely bad people in this society and it mightn't affect it too badly. But the corrupt rent lo- landlord, I was like, nah, I'm, I'm going to eat you. Mm. Yeah. Great. He deserved it. Sounds good. Yeah.
1: I won't play it. I don't play games. But sounds great. <laughs> um, I have been, in, in my eye this week is a two, two-tiered two thing. Um, I started listening to a podcast called The Storm. Mm-hmm. Um, And The Storm actually used to be a podcast called Storm of Spoilers uh, because it was a Game of Thrones recap um podcast. Podcast, right? Um, but when they stopped doing Game of Thrones, when Game of Thrones finished, they have turned into a Lost rewatch podcast.
0: Oh my gosh,
1: it's so great! Wow, I love it.
0: That is not where I thought that conversation, that sentence was going to go. Um,
1: and so now wow. I am listening to a Lost rewatch podcast, and therefore rewatching Lost.
0: Did you ever watch all of Lost? Oh, yeah. Oh, did you? So I
1: watched Lost when it first came out. Um, and I probably followed that right up until about season four or five. Yeah. And then I think I fell off, but not long after that. You did I, actually go
0: back and watch the rest I, of it. I watched yeah. it all on DVD. So I think I, I did a DVD
1: rewatch in about 2009, 2010. Mm. And then I started another rewatch a couple years ago. Um, I don't think I made it all the way through. I think I made it, again, perhaps up to about season four-ish. Um, and then I stopped again. So, I loved
0: season two, but I never really saw past season three.
1: Yeah, right. I mean, it's where a lot of people fall off. Yeah. Um, so they've, they've only just started, really. Um, they, well, not only just started. They've done the first season. Um, I've caught up to it all this week. Um, <laughs> so I'm now caught up to where they are. So I'm going to try and do what they do. what Watch it week to week and listen to it week to week. I don't know how I'm going to go with that because I like the binge. I think for Lost, the binge works really well. Probably does,
0: actually, yeah. That's more of the show that would have really probably helped with the binge as opposed to – although it did affect the culture at the times in terms of what's on the island I and mean, people's theories, I suppose.
1: Early on, um, I don't think you could have binged because it was one of those shows that was on at a time where the network structure was so firmly ingrained. that the first season has 24 episodes, which is just bonkers to me. Like it's that's long. a lot of episodes. It's Most it's
0: because like each epi- it, like everyone gets like a character centered episode, and there's so many characters.
1: But they do like they're like People four, get, like, three or four Jack, Jack, episodes Jack episodes in that first yeah. season. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Like you, they didn't need to do that many episodes. But I that's... still
0: kind of wish they killed Jack in the first episode because that was the plan. I mean,
1: I would love for them to have had Kate as the protagonist, yeah. but they. I mean. You can tell that they they didn't actually get around to writing it in that way. You know no, that, right? No, they they yeah. they tried to pitch that to the network, the and the network were like, like, "No, uh, no, how about you keep the straight white guy as your main character? Thank you very much." Who
0: we followed for the entire first pilot episode. Yes, yep. correct.
1: Um, so anyway, the I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, it's really interesting the podcast is separated into two parts. They do the calm and the storm. Um, <laughs> so the calm is basically for people who are watching it for the first time and they only talk about what's happened up to that episode oh. um, with no spoilers and then they always do a little interview with somebody and like they started off with just like other podcasters, you know, people who were blogging mm-hmm. um, about Lost in the Time. And lately their interviews have been like Damon Lindelof <laughs> and um, and Henry Ian q so The podcast is going well. It's going really well. I mean, they already were very well known from their oh, Game right, of right, Thrones right, right. podcast. They're, they're all really well known podcasters. Um, the, the reason I got onto it was because... Um, Joanna Robinson is on my Boiler Room podcast, which is my so-called life podcast, which I got to because Kristen Rousseau was also on that podcast and she does Buffering the Vampire Slayer. So I'm kind of all within this microcosm of (laughs) these interconnected podcasts (laughs) at the moment. I'm hearing Kristen twice a week. I'm hearing Joanna twice a week. Um, It's great. Uh, But anyway, I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying the the rewatch and it's kind of interesting to watch it with um, the voice of people who... Know the whole series so well that they can watch this part and know how that's going to pay off in four mm. seasons time, um, which is something that I've never really been able to get the whole chronology correct in my head. Right, yeah, 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 so it's really interesting hearing because it, it does get over
0: complicated towards because the end, really, really complicated.
1: Yeah. Um, whereas these guys are looking at it with the whole context um, of everything, and they they've all seen it a couple times. So it's it's great. It's a great experience. I'm looking forward to doing it week to week. I hope going to be able to do that and not Is just this,
0: bend your head. Um just as a result of your podcast onto another podcast onto another podcast, how you got there? Or is this in any way in anticipation of J.J. Abrams doing the final Star it's Wars It's got movie? nothing you to I do with really that. Care. I
1: don't really care about who's directing the next Star Wars film. <laughs> um, they, they are taking a break, actually, in between. So they're going to do the first six episodes of Season 2. Then they're going to take a Star Wars break for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So they're going to talk about all the Star Wars films. Yeah, in the lead-up um, lead to, to the final Star Wars Skywalker movie. movie. Um, and, then, and then they'll go back. To lost again once that's all done. So, um, and that's not necessarily because again because of the J.J. Abrams thing. It's more just like
0: the kind of stuff they would be doing. The
1: kind of like they always apparently when they were doing Game of Thrones in between seasons would have an off season tour, which they always say off season tour, <laughs> um, where they would talk about something else. Yeah, um, they would they would kind of cover a series of other things. So that, it's the thing that they've always done, mm. but they didn't do it in between seasons. They did it here so that they would specifically lead up to. Um, to the movie coming out. So, anyway, that's a really great new podcast and just generally viewing experience of Lost um, that I really love.
0: I'd love to finish the show one day, but just I just know it. where it's Do you have a Stan going. account? It's all on Stan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I literally have the season two DVD still with me.
1: I mean, but you, or you could just watch it on Stan. Yeah.
0: I was going to offer it to you, but then I realised you don't have a DVD player.
1: No. I I mean, what I'd love to do is watch the freaking commentaries.
0: Yes, the commentaries on Lost. Ooh.
1: They talk a bit about them on the podcast, and I'm like, I'd love to listen to these. That's but- probably
0: where I got the information, what we talked about earlier in terms of the pilot episode. Yeah. I probably got that from the commentary Almost episodes. definitely,
1: yeah. Anyway. Anyway. anyway that's um, probably... That's enough. So we are now taking a little break. Yeah. Um, we're going to kind of take December off to... Do december things.
0: Holidays, work, buy presents.
1: Yeah. But we are going to be back. And we are going to be back on the 7th of January. We will be releasing... Episode eighty-four, which will be the first in our new season.
0: Oh yes, I'm very excited. Can we say what it Should is? Should we announce it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um so we are gonna do a season all about kids' shows. I'm so pumped! So it's kind of uh, we, we gave it a go with this week, um, to kind of see how that would go. And I think it's actually gone pretty well. So
0: Especially after dipping our toe back in again after She-Ra.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good chance for us to look at kids' shows as kids' shows. In a
0: different lens. Which we
1: don't normally do. We we normally, if we watch a kid's show in another season, we have to evaluate it as a regular TV show. And that's always become
0: very critically difficult, very
1: critically difficult and has led to me breaking <laughs> Kurt's heart on more than one occasion.
0: I like I still haven't gone back to that show. But when as we talked about it earlier today, I was like. Yeah, I'm going to go back and watch that show again because I do genuinely just watch Spider-Man these shows. Spider-Man Unlimited? Yes.
1: yes. Um, it's one of those um, old episodes that you can't find on our iTunes feed, but if you go find us on uh, SoundCloud, you can still listen to the Spider-Man Unlimited episode in which I completely destroyed Kurt's childhood um, and tore that show to pieces.
0: If you are going to hang a lantern on it, you can't just hang a lantern on it. you got to be smarter than that.
1: Oh, yeah, that's, that's actually that's in our promo. I had to go and find... Uh, uh, something where I'd said something really mean yeah. so I went back to Spider-Man Unlimited to uh, find me saying I love anything.
0: that that's where you went to I was like yeah probably a good bet
1: I tried a few I tried Smallville I tried oh yeah
0: <laughs> yeah
1: Ooh. I can be mean um, anyway anyway so that's what we're going to do next season so please um, take December to just kind of Go back and have a listen. You can visit our back catalogue, like I mentioned, on SoundCloud.
0: Please suggest to us anywhere, whether it be at uh, com. Uh, if you want to email us or if you wanted to uh, let us know via our Instagram account with our handle at Pod or even in a review, which you mm. could give us on an, any app that you are listening to on your podcast, because we'd love to hear your suggestions as well. Once we get off to our kids show season for what will be coming up next year.
1: Yeah. I don't have any ideas on what kids shows yet. So please, um, please, please, please. We welcome suggestions. I might even put up an Instagram post oh, yeah. that is specifically for you to respond with your suggestions um, so keep an eye out for that in the next couple of weeks and yeah post your ideas on there
0: Oh I'm totally going to show you what Invader Zim is all about
1: Oh god <laughs> Uh, this is going to be an interesting season you yeah. guys anyway until then visit us at Instagram at Major Pod rate, review, subscribe suggest it to a friend whatever you got to do um, and until then have a happy holiday season whatever you are celebrating whether it's Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa or some other celebration that we don't know anything about
0: celebrating nothing with just your friends
1: just yeah just having a fun time with your friends or family whatever it may be um, we hope you have a great and safe time and we hope to see you all again in the new year. Bye bye. Bye.
0: Um so, um we didn't actually say it the proper way. Oh we did say it the proper way, did we? Just then. Oh yeah. What I made you watch? Yeah.
1: Yeah I just okay, said great. I made you watch Radways this week and cool. then there was a little gap and then we said this. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, this is what happens when we go off script. <laughs>